Osiris. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey there, my name is Afi, also known as Bahamas. I sometimes tour around uh, by myself or sometimes with a band, but uh, I make albums. And I live in Nova Scotia in Canada. It's the most beautiful place in the world. I like to wake up in the morning and uh, be on the ocean. And, um, and I feel very lucky to be here. I wake up, fry some eggs, pull the blue jeans across my legs, and then start working, working, working on my guitar. Do you see yourself as a guitar player first or as a singer-songwriter first? If you asked me 10, 15 years ago, I would have immediately said I'm a guitar player. But more and more, I, I the mo- most of my time is, about, is on songwriting and being an artist and just coming up with ideas of how to put songs across or, or you know, all the things around the album. Like I said, I, I'm enjoying that process and with the images and the, the videos and all that stuff, like that part of uh, being an artist is just so much fun to me these days. So I definitely spend much more time there. I don't practice the guitar the way I did at one time, or and, and I would like to, but um, I find time is a little bit elusive for practicing. But but I used to spend hours and hours and hours a day playing guitar, and my playing kind of plateaued. And then at, at the same time, I realized, oh, the songwriting is actually the thing that's going to give me a career. And um, I started to just focus on that a lot more. And I felt like my guitar playing kind of just stayed there while the songwriting went up. And I would just recently, as, as crazy as it sounds, I feel like I've just made some very small gains, very minor gains, where the guitar playing started to catch up a little bit. And I can actually execute some of these things that I'm hearing um, in my musical mind. But I'm also spoiled. I'm surrounded by great guitar players. Christine, who tours with me, is like, she's my favorite guitar player and just a continual source of inspiration, the way she plays. She's just a great listener. She really is an incredible listener. I think most great players are great listeners. That keeps me from working, working, working on my guitar. I'm just working on my guitar in some nightclub in some bar. I'm just a pecking out a singing and I'm hoping that we're having a good time. 
conversation There's some musical improvisation That's just me working Working on my guitar I'm just Yeah. Working. Welcome back to the show on the road, everybody. I'm still Z Lupitin, your Sonic Spelunker, and we are at the end of our 2023 season. The second part of our talk with Bahamas is coming up right now. And uh, he's not just working on his guitar. I think he's working on his soul. And I think we all need a little of that. I'm going to sign off there, and I'm going to drop you right in our conversation. Peace. Well, in a way, there's two different brains that you have to have. If you think about it, most lead guitar players are not listening to lyrics. At least a lot of the folks that I've always played with, even mm-hmm. some of my best friends who've been in my bands, they're like, oh, so that's, wait, that song's about your grandpa who died? I was like, dude, we've mm-hmm. been playing this for like seven years. You yeah. know, it's like their their brain is so focused on this path that I can't even imagine how to play some of the stuff that they play. But you somehow have both of those brains do you do you feel like you're almost switching between the two live or is it just natural at this point? Yeah, there's a part of it that's like walking or breathing. It's just it is who you are, right? We all have a gate. We all have a way that we speak. We all have a way that we do these things. And so the best thing to do is just not think about it and let it happen. You know, you're you're always kind of dancing on that line, right? Because my favorite moments of the show are when I'm not really I'm fully awake, I'm there, but I'm not really focused on what I'm doing. I'm for lack of a better term, I'm just feeling it. I'm in the music. Yeah. And that really just feels wonderful. And it's also so fleeting because you can get distracted by a bum note or something that's going on in the audience or something that someone else plays. And then you realize, oh, I want to take this up another gear. And then you're sort of using that more active part of your musical um muscles, your musical mind. Yeah, that part is important, but less interesting to me. So I think I'm trying to trying to just spend more time in the the more intuitive part of playing. Sometimes that means just playing one note or two notes and just sort mm-hmm. of staying in that pocket until it reveals itself. What is it exactly that I was sort of getting after here? You know, um, I've really been uh, enjoying like Goose, that band Goose. That uh, mm-hmm. I, I was never really big uh, jam band fan in a huge way. Um, and then I heard some of their tunes and it really made sense to me. Like more is more kind of, um, <laughs> I just really enjoyed it, you know? And so, um, that's been inspiring me to just kind of like take some of my tunes, which maybe I've played in the, in a, in, in the same place and try and move them to a different place. Not again, not to overplay, but songs that you've been playing for 10 years in standard tuning, just put your guitar and drop D and play the same song or, or, right. You know, or don't play guitar and just see what the band does without your kind of influence from the guitar and see what happens there, you know? I think a song like Sports Car, you know, again, drops us into this part of your, uh, maybe your life where you could imagine what it was like before kids or like if you never had kids, you know, the, mm. the, the sort of um, disconnect between yourself now and yourself. If you got a, a sports car instead of having kids, you know, this version of of the self that 
maybe focused more on hedonism and pleasure <laughs> you know back in the spring of 81 you had a boy yeah you had a son what you wanted was a sports car what you wanted was a sports car well again you have these lines that sort of trade in humor and then hit you with the sort of little knife in the side right i mean mm-hmm. i could tell you now because you're a grown man and when you were first born when you were first born i almost named you trans am which would be a funny name for a kid mm-hmm. what i wanted was a sports car and you were not a sports car right mm-hmm. i think there are people you know and this is something that is very hard to talk about who do regret having kids or they miss their old selves that they're never going to get back you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i uh, as a i guess as a still a new dad kind of feel like like you and that this is like the greatest thing that's ever happened mm-hmm. i don't really miss my other life because she's now part of that same life right mm-hmm. like i think you got to like bring your kids into the party you know bring your kids uh into the music that's the whole sort of fun part for me is seeing how she reacts and 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 sort of um contributes to the art you know mm-hmm. she's yeah. like almost like the main muse for me now you know i mean well, it's like i'm writing for, for sure. her which is really cool it happens automatically i think um you know when you're a musician so much of my world is about me right and it is very important to me and for my family life for it not to be all about me all the time and a lot of it is right like my family does come on tour with me a fair bit and they're quite literally living in my world you know it's it's just uh that's just how it is and 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 i feel fortunate to be able to include them on a lot of that stuff but at the same time it's like we have a very robust and meaningful life outside of my music uh if and when I stop doing it professionally. I'll always be a musician. I'll always have a guitar and I'll always play and write songs. But but you know, I have no doubt that we could have a, a meaningful and, and robust life that's not about me. That's just you know, if one of my daughters gets into tennis or something like that, and I'm just like another guy who's driving them around the, the tennis tournaments, it's like bring it on. I would love that. It sounds wicked. <laughs> some reason it reminded me of this video that's gone viral um i don't know if you're on tiktok or in all that but this poor woman just she's like i'm i'm 29 and single and i don't know if you've seen this but she's like you know i i don't have kids and so today i just uh i wanted to make shushuka you know the special egg dish and then i'm gonna mm-hmm. you know uh maybe uh go to beyonce concert and uh 
I can do whatever I want because I don't have kids and that's okay mm-hmm. for me, you know? And all these conservative commentators started using her as like the example of like the broken millennial Gen Z selfishness or something <laughs> that mm-hmm. like, if you don't have family and, and kids that you're not sacrificing yourself to a greater good and you're just mm-hmm. a selfish hedonist, you know, she's like, I just thought I was going to make eggs this morning and go to Beyonce tonight, you know? Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> In my sports uh, well, car. <laughs> no, I, I missed out on all that. I mean, I, the internet is, is um, more and more. Unfortunately, I just think it's, it's uh, I hate to use the word toxic because I do think it's kind of overused, but it it is toxic. You know, I think, I think you got to give her the benefit of the doubt and, and assume that she's genuine and feels that way about her own life. And if that's the case, and you're not hurting anybody else, then rock on, sister. Do whatever you want. Go to Beyonce every <laughs> night of the week. Eat whatever you want for breakfast. For me, I can say, you know, I had music. I, I, I love music. I really centered my whole life around music. And then I had children. And that was infinitely better than anything I've ever achieved in music. Right. So for me, if I was speaking to her or someone directly about the issue, I would just say, well, for me, it's not even close. I love playing music and I've had a, a little bit of success in it and got to play with people that I really love and, and got to travel the world. I got to do all this great stuff under the guise of music and none of it even comes close to when you're, kid runs up to you and gives you a hug um so if you know that if you actually know that i wish we started earlier i wish we had 10 kids but uh but that's just <laughs> me. what you wish for <laughs> yeah 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 we'll see what they see what the internet you know maybe i'll be the target of someone else's ire after saying that you know but we do uh we do live in a time when you can do whatever you want and everyone seems to have everyone seems to have an opinion about whatever and i should be doing and I have a hard time relating to that particularly because it's like, to me, it's like, why are there so many people that are spending so much time seeking out things that they don't like? And then further to that, they're spending time telling other people that they don't like those things. Yeah. yeah. It's like, that thing's not for you. Just why don't you tell me about what you actually are interested in? That is yeah. so much, that's such a better world to be in. It's like, but, you know, the, the Internet tends to re- reward negativity and cynicism and, and all the kind of worst parts about um, what fascinates us. So maybe I shouldn't be surprised, you know. What if your kids are like, Dad, I know I, sh- I know maybe you don't recommend this, but I want to be a touring singer songwriter. <laughs> Almost like it'd be like, I mean, no, is there like I that moment where you're like, wait, are you sure? <laughs> or is it just like, no. do it? <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think I think. You know, if they show any enthusiasm, you have to fan the flames, you know, and if it's underwater welding or if it's uh, being a singer songwriter or ringette or whatever it ends up being, the goal is uh, to to really like fan the flames of their passion, whether it's my own kids or anyone else. I would say it's never been a better time. Like mm. the barriers to entry are way lower than they used to be. Of course, you have to deal with the economics that that we're living in. and um you know all, all the sort of the harder parts of modernity which is which is navigating all the detritus that's out there too right there's just so right. much stuff and sort of finding a way to get your stuff 
um, elevating it a little bit so people have a chance to hear it is the challenge. But I mean, when you think about even when I started, I'm not that old, but I've been playing for 20 years. Like we recorded my first albums on tape, not because it was like a novelty, but that's what the studio had. You needed a label and you needed like infrastructure to kind of do a lot of this stuff. And it's like now like you could use the same laptop that we're doing the Zoom call, like is basically what we record on. And you can upload your own songs and you can make your own Instagram page and you can really promote yourself. You, you can you, if you want to. You can do that now. And not that long ago, these tools just weren't available to us. So in many ways, I think it's it's if it's um, something that you're passionate about, I just would encourage people to pursue it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think I have mixed feelings now as as a as a creator that maybe hasn't um, been able to, you know, feel financially secure in a while. Um, mm -hmm. Because that's the thing that's, you know, becoming more scary as like you feel like you're responsible for this little person um mm -hmm. you know my wife got laid off you know, a couple mm -hmm. months ago and it was always like well you know she always has the good stable salary job and it's like not anymore mm -hmm. and so all of a sudden there's a lot of these doubts where you're like i'm you know i just was again touring europe for you know 10 days um and there was some travel mayhem that happened with a lot of bands who were flights got canceled. You had to book all this new mm. stuff. You lost all sorts of money. And it's just like so great in some ways, you know, you're playing through for 5,000 people in Denmark and people know your songs. And then the next day you're sitting on a, on the floor of the airport, figuring out, do we have enough money to book all these new flights for seven people? And, you know, and the, the stress level was so high that I'm just like, do I want that for her? <laughs> but well, but it's it was just, so it's 10 hours ago. That's like it's it's like the, the highs and the lows are so extreme uh that you know I am having these moments now where I'm like, yes, I should probably find something that can be more secure while still doing music, but I don't know what that is, you know, because I well, love this so much, you know. Well, so much of what you're talking about is is your sense of identity, or at least that's the way it sounds to me, right? And and all I would say was, you were an artist and you were a musician before anyone else recognized that you were an artist or a musician. Right. And that's why I say for me, if my career ended tomorrow, I would still be a musician. I would still be an artist. I would still play music, you know? like. That's where you realize, wow, it's actually for me to define who I am. What are the right. things, you know, you're saying, okay, I have, uh, I, I'm a father now, I'm a husband, I'm a, I'm a musician, all these things. That's for you. That's for no one else. Into the unknown. Oh, I'm into the unknown. I'm into the unknown. And right. when you when you do have a bit of success, I mean, we've seen it so many times, like people, they really can mess their life up because they confuse their identity with what other people think of them. Right. And if you have a lot of success really quickly, that can be just crushing. That can destroy people. Yeah. Because they don't have their identity kind of solidified. And so they have this meteoric rise and then quite often 
just as quickly they're irrelevant. And so you're like, wait a second, who am I? Through you know, I just was taken on this roller coaster. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, you're like I said, you're you're all those things already. Whether you're on tour, whether you're not on tour, whether you're making money, whether you're not making money, you are all those things. And so, in some ways, you can take comfort in that, right? And and I would say musicians and artists are, in in a lot of ways, they're they're better prepared for navigating the gig economy and and modern working life, part-time jobs or a combination of doing different jobs that ultimately add up to you know earning a, a enough money to support you and your family and stuff it's like musicians are they've been doing that forever yeah and so you know there's a lot of people getting laid off and and having trouble they're graduating with degrees and they're hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and they're having trouble just as much financial trouble figuring it out you know right i don't think that's exclusive to being a musician i think for a lot of people they do this the illusion of security um that can kind of come with more traditional paths that appeals to a lot of people but i'm not sure if i believe in it frankly i think if you work for someone else you're not in control <laughs> you know what i mean yeah um that that's that to me isn't security you know i think under the guise of a pension and and uh 401k and all this stuff like it can feel that way until the second you're let go or your boss tells you, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm shutting the business down. I'm going to, right. I'm going to go surfing in Bali or whatever. It's like, so yeah, I, I think I would say having your own, something that's your own, whether it's music that you can control how much effort you put into is, is really, there's just so much there. There's so much to be gained from it. And you gain, you gain in my experience, like all the best stuff is actually at the lowest point. Right. When everything's going good and you're winning, it's like that's easy. You don't really develop when you're winning. You develop yeah. like when you kind of like it's hard and you can't figure it out and you're like what the fuck am I supposed to be doing right now? How am I supposed to get through this? And you actually thread the needle and make it all work and you make it to the end of the tour and like no one's patting you on the back, but you get to just have that little moment being like, man, we did it. We landed the plane, you know? And that's that to me is is more more satisfying than um, like the big wins or whatever, you know, in your international touring career. Is there one horrifying day that like you remember that like when things went so wrong <laughs> that you wondered if Mercury wasn't retrograde? That's what I started to believe. I was like, wait, I don't think that's a real thing. But didn't they just say that Mercury is in retrograde? All these planes got canceled. Our hotels got canceled. The vans got canceled. Like, what is happening? <laughs> I mean, um, I think I there's only been a few shows where I really blew it, and and I feel like I've kind of understood that now and understood what my how I handled it was not the way to handle it. So yeah, I'm I, I'm a big believer in that whole concept of extreme ownership, right? Like, if something happens, it's my band. It's like it's on me. Right. It's yeah. not I don't I don't turn around and snap at the bass player. That's my bass player. Like it's it's my job to lead the band to the to glory or whatever. I remember one time I was touring solo. And when I tour solo, I usually just throw the acoustic guitar. It doesn't have a pickup or anything in it. You know, we just mic it up. And that works fine if you're doing your own shows. In this case, I was opening for this like 
dubstep band in Berlin <laughs> uh, at this like, you know, noisy club, everyone's smoking, drinking. And I get up there and like, I couldn't hear anything. Like it was yeah. like Beatles at Shea Stadium. Like they're just, I just couldn't hear myself. What I was doing didn't feel like it was translating anywhere. The place was packed. But I played five or six songs and then I didn't flip out. I just sort of was like, all right, you know, thanks so much for having me. Good night. And I walked off and the promoter was like, what are you doing? Like, play a few more songs. You know, you have more time. And I was like, no, I don't like it's not really it's not working. And and he was kind of like, OK, cool. Like he was fine. But then I heard afterwards that there were people there at the show who had driven like, you know, from Dusseldorf or whatever, like they'd right. driven hours to come see me play. And, and they were bummed, you know. And suddenly I was like, oh, right. I thought it was all about me. It's, yeah. it's never about me. It's not about me. It's about them. Those guys came. They were psyched to hear Hockey Teeth and whatever other tunes that they were digging on at the time. And like, I just wasn't able to deliver. And right. that really bummed me out for a long time. And I've kind of, since then, like, I really, I don't really get bogged down in sonic problems. Um the way I think a lot of artists do, if it's like, oh, it doesn't sound the way I want it to sound. I can't do the thing I want to do. It's like, you can always do something. You can always figure out a way. And so again, like that low moment was probably like a massive learning experience for me. And, and, um, and I, and I have had many like that. So just trying to take the high road in, in all those situations is always the play. I think. All right, let's take, uh, let's go out with maybe the one, true banger on the record gone sure girl gone um love the love the crunchy guitar leading it but i think that again there's <laughs> there's some edge in here that i really appreciate we all have the the ex the the lady or 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 you know whoever was in your past that it was like an irresponsible choice and yet it was like the best thing at the time <laughs> sure you know um yeah. tell me about going back in time and creating this song like how how did this happen well i just sort of had the, the the way the chord changes there to me are kind of maybe the more interesting thing like it on its surface it just sounds like a straight ahead kind of blues song but the way the chords change in the middle of the beat and everything kind of to me just feel special and unique and i just love that as a platform for writing same thing for this song i, I probably wrote like 20 different verses Life was just a passing chord. Gone, girl, gone. Meeting her was just dumb luck. I was living in my pickup truck. She opened up like an oyster shut. Gone, girl, gone. I can't get her out of my head. And now I'm coming off the pain meds. I'm still sleeping on a sofa bed. Gone, girl, gone. You know you heard it it's just it's sort of a get the groove going and then just stay in that groove for four or five minutes or but um i like to try and include little hints of modernity in the lyrics like for instance i sing about only fans and um i just try and hint at things so that it doesn't sound there's no part of me that wants to be nostalgic or old-timey right and so i try and just sort of get that message across in the lyrics you know because it would be so easy with a song like that to to sort of go in that direction. And um, that's really the challenge to me is like, how do you pull a song like that off and it sound fresh and new and 
of the time we're living in. And so lyrics, are, I think, are really the, the main point. And I, I, every line in that song, I just, it's just fun. I just love singing it, you know? Um, can't get her out of my head. I was coming off the pain med, still sleeping on a sofa bed. It just paints a picture that somehow I'm interested in that's sort of dark and and uh, and tragic, but but somehow I still want to be there, you know. Topless bar, gone girl, gone. Ain't no one loving me for loving's sake. Ain't no one baking me a wedding cake. So you can jump into a frozen lake. Gone girl, gone. Most people just think too much. Always talking about such and such. I'm happy being out of touch. Gone girl, gone. The idea that you're happy being out of touch, you know, I think that's, I think. Well, that's what I was saying earlier. Yeah. A lot of us need to be with the internet. You know, it's like you can be only so far into that uh, (laughs) toxic whirlpool before it it starts to burn you. (laughs) Right. I I mean, I appreciate, I like, I appreciate TikTok and some of these, you know, platforms as honestly learning tools. You know, I mean, I cook a lot of recipes from stuff I find on TikTok every day, you know? Wow. Because that's where the algorithm has now like shaped itself for me. But like Mm. when I first got on there, it was half naked teenagers basically Mm -hmm. dancing. And you're like, you could see the danger behind various doors. It's just like somehow you have to like get in front of the right doors, (laughs) you know? Yeah, well, I mean, geez, I mean, that's there's smarter minds than me certainly working on this and debating this from both sides. But um, it would seem that the internet, maybe, maybe you know, it started with this idea of like this idealistic, oh, it's going to be this free space where people can do whatever they want and they can communicate and no one's going to get in the way. And it's to- it's totally turned into the opposite thing completely, you know. And so for me, I just, I I have to put boundaries. I don't, you know, I have other people who do the posting and who manage the accounts and I just get the fun of making the videos. I get to make the art and then I don't, I have to admit that I don't have the capacity or the desire to really go much further than that, you know? Um, Yeah. And so each one of us kind of figures out where that line is and what feels good to us and, and, um, so yeah, I am happy being out of touch to some degree. You know, I'm 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 sure that video of that woman's uh, you know breakfast was riveting, and but I'm okay not <laughs> knowing about it too. You know, well, I wonder how I can keep my daughter safe from the like darkness that is behind door number three. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I think maybe it, sort of it's up to us as gatekeepers to be like, yeah, there's, there's a beautiful part of this world and uh, a dark, scary part of the world. And I hope, I hope that she can know which path to choose, 
you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because at a certain way, point, you know? at a certain point, it's like not up to me. Like she's her own person, you know? That's right. No, you got a lot of, you got a lot of years before that. Uh, you know, you got to <laughs> worry about, about being left alone. But yeah, I mean, you know, we, we got to not be afraid to exercise parental authority. Yeah. And all that means is just model the behavior, right? I think we've all kind of, we've all come to a point with uh, smoking or drinking where, yeah, you kind of know that there's a line. What are you going to do in front of your kids, right? Right. What kind of what kind of behavior around those two things are you going to model in front of them? For most modern parents, they're at least aware of it and make some effort to limit that exposure, right? And I think um, most people are just they're just um, they just haven't caught up yet with regard to the technology. I think I was reading about drunk driving. They didn't have rules around drunk driving for the first like 50 years of automobiles automobiles existed people were getting wasted and crashing into each other and it never dawned on anyone like maybe we should put some rules around this and there weren't even we should say well yeah and but even once they got the seat belts it was like there was nobody even talking about the fact that like you know and now if you know if you drove drunk you would feel so much shame because you know how dangerous that is, not just to you and your family, but someone else's family and all that, you know, all that stuff that we just now is just understood. And I think that the technology is it's the same thing. We know how dangerous this is, but most people are just not there yet. They're not willing to put really defined boundaries, not just for their children, but for themselves. And I would imagine and I hope that in 20 or 30 years, there's no discussion about, hey, why do you have your phone out at the supper table? Everybody knows that you don't do that because you don't do that because it's not a good idea. You know, I think that in 20 years, if your kid can make eye contact with someone and introduce themselves and say hello and shake hands with someone, that's going to be a superpower. Um, I would encourage all parents to just spend lots of time in that world these products like the thing that you and i are talking on right now it's so intuitive no one had to teach me how to use an iphone like it's just it's set up out of the box for like a two-year-old to just swipe and and you know it's just literally designed that way and i would say find the other things in your life that are maybe require a little bit more effort but are so much more rewarding you know whether it's playing guitar or or um you know, surfing or whatever else you can get into. It's like, just find something that's harder to do. You'll feel better at the end of the day, I think. Starting out, I had no idea. No idea how this would end. To know I'd meet the woman of my dreams. But fall in love with her best friend. Lord knows we all make mistakes. And I'll admit I made a few. But every twist and turn along the way Only led me here to you You know that's true Yes, you do In all I do Always do for you Always be true Years pass by Amen, brother. Right on. Well, thanks for, thanks for the call. Well, very good to you, I run into you man thanks again yeah, for man. the call and, uh, yeah enjoy man enjoy the time with the family I always appreciate what you do man it means uh, it means the world that you can get on here with me so thanks a lot 
Thank you. Right on, brother. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Our family grew and she was all alone I was working most all the time Told myself that we were doing fine I only told myself a lie There he goes, Afi Gervainen, a.k.a. Bahamas. Uh, thank you so much to him for uh, getting on the line with me. Uh, if you haven't listened to the first part of our conversation, go back to theshowontheroad.com slash episodes, and uh, we dive more into his newest record, Boot Cut. And if you go back to uh, 2020, I believe, you can hear our whole conversation about his record, Sad Hunk. Some of my favorite music ever created was created by this guy, and I'm so glad we can end this fifth season, 2023, on a big note like this. If you're curious, my band Dust Bowl Revival has one more show this year, December 23rd, Saturday night, at Pappy and Harriet's in Pioneer Town, and then we'll be heading back to Northern California, uh, playing at Sweetwater Music Hall, uh, Harlow's in Sacramento, the Guild Theater in Menlo Park, and then way up in Carson City at a new place called the Nashville Social Club, January 10th through 13th. Please check it out, dustbowlrevival.com, and then we're heading to England, Scotland, Denmark, Germany, and Sweden. We'll see you very soon, I hope. If you have artists that I should be talking to for our sixth season, yes, next year, uh, send me a line on our Instagram, Show on the Road Podcast. I try to listen to every type of music and give it a fair shot, and uh, I would love to hear your band, your new music. Please send me an email to showontheroadpod at gmail.com. As always, the show on the road is written, produced, and edited by yours truly, Z Lupitan, and we are part of the Osiris Podcast Network. Stay safe, have a great new year, and we'll see you next year on the trail. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.